0: Hello, I'm Derek S. McGrath. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm recording this on Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. Welcome back to another audio commentary as I continue going through the newest season of Boongo Stray Dogs. Last time we looked at Season 4, Episode 3 of Boongo Stray Dogs, Episode 40 overall. Today we're doing audio commentary for Season 4, Episode 4, episode 41 overall, titled Perfect Murder and Murderer, Part 1. These audio commentaries are available after the newest Bungo Stray Dogs episode airs, that being on Wednesdays for any patrons at the $5 tier at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath. And then these commentaries are made public and free starting the Tuesday after to watch on YouTube. There is also a spoiler warning for all of Bungo stray dogs, and I do mean all of it. To put this into context, today's episode is probably adapting only chapters 54, 55, and maybe 56, whereas my spoiler warning is for anything that is out right now anywhere in the world. As of today, that includes all of the light novels, all of the stage plays, all of the films, and all of the manga chapters, up to not only chapter 56, but even chapter 105. So, yeah, I may spoil stuff far in advance of this season. If you don't want those significant spoilers, turn this off and listen after you get to those chapters. Speaking of spoilers, I will talk about what we're getting into in this episode in a moment, and I am so looking forward to seeing the premiere of the new character Ogury, as well as the return of Edgar Allan Poe. And sidebar, I'll be referring to him as Edgar, not only because I already teach Edgar Allan Poe and have my head full of him already, but also because every time I say Poe, it sounds like i'm saying rompo and you can imagine how confusing that is going to get so aker rompo oguri those are our three characters today but first i want to look back on the previous arc in this anime that being the adaptation of the rompo and fukuzawa light novel and reflect on it now that i've had a week to think about how that adaptation turned out and Jeez, enough fans were upset with how Studio Bones handled this adaptation, which makes me laugh because I thought it was pretty good. I understand the criticism, because it has been typical for this franchise to force Dostoevsky into places that don't seem natural. Was he really needed for the film Dead Apple? He cameos at the end of the Beast live-action film when... That isn't even his story, in multiple senses of that phrase. But what seemed to bother a lot of fans was that having Dostoevsky show up this far back in the story, with the same character model, and looking like he hasn't aged, screws up the timeline. But that's not the only thing that screws up the timeline, Dostoevsky revealing That the letter V is actually 5 in Roman numerals. Potentially screws up the timeline. I say potentially because otherwise I would say the timeline doesn't make sense. Except first we saw how much I got wrong about the timeline in the previous audio commentaries. And second this story isn't over. So, later episodes in the anime may void my criticism. What do I mean that Dostoevsky saying V is actually 5 potentially screws up the timeline? This requires echoing a point that the Tumblr blog Fantastic Rambles already brought up. The conceit around the Decay of the Angel is that they are a group of 5. That is important. There are 5 people running it with one of them in control of the entire operation. Those five are Fukuchi, Dostoevsky, Sigma, Gogol, and, as you were probably yelling at me last week when I couldn't remember, Bram Stoker. Except the timeline doesn't work with this understanding. Let's go through this year by year. First, at least 12 years before the anime starts, Someone creates the Decay of the Angel, maybe it's Fukuchi, maybe Dostoevsky, and then one of them brings in the other one. That's what we see in Season 4, Episode 3. These two are already working together. Then, at least one year later, Fukuzawa and Rompo form the Armed Detective Agency. Four years after that, Fukuchi defeats Bram Stoker and brings him into the Decay of the Angel. Sidebar, this is also why I forgot Stoker was the fifth member of the Decay. The poor man is here against his will. He's not a member of the Decay; he's their slave. Granted, I could say the same about Sigma, but we'll get to them in later episodes. But since I did bring up Sigma, and to continue this timeline, three years after Fukuchi brings in Stoker, Sigma is created. Again, created. We'll get to that, but... Yeah, Sigma is an entity in human form who is just three years old. Hence a lot of Sigma is a baby gags that you'll find in the Bungo One spinoff and amongst the fandom. And finally there is Gogol, but I don't think the manga has confirmed when he joined the Decay. Based on images from the manga, it couldn't have been too long before the present timeline because Gogol looks to be about the same age as now and Dostoyevsky also looks to be the same age. But we'll get to how Dostoyevsky seems to be the Paul Rudd of the Boon Stray Dogs universe and never ages, so his visual appearance doesn't really help pin down details on the timeline. But for the sake of argument, let's pretend Gogol could have been part of the decay back when Dostoevsky in the last episode said V means 5. Except Gogol would have been around Rompos age during that last episode, and he is canonically attracted to Dostoevsky, so given the age gap, no, that doesn't work either, forget it. So, to review, 12 years ago, Fukuchi and Dostoevsky are part of the decay of the Angel he says the group is also known as Five. But there are at most three of them, with 14-year-old Gogol added, and Sigma and Stoker aren't part of it yet. So, what's the deal? The Tumblr blog Fantastic Ramble suggests that maybe there were five members of the DK, but after the previous episode, two of those members left and were later replaced by Sigma and Stoker. This is what I mean by, this potentially screws up the timeline. If anything, it's fun to discuss because you wonder whether we'll get more world building. After all, The Decay of the Angel is the title to a book by Yukio Mishima, and yet, not only is the Bungo iteration of Mishima not confirmed to have ever been in The Decay of the Angel, they aren't even confirmed to have ever existed in this manga. Maybe that means Mishima will show up in the manga, they created the Decade, then Fukuchi killed him and took over the operation. Again, this is less a problem that says Studio Bones broke the anime, and more saying Studio Bones may have made this more engaging and fun. So, I don't really feel the same animosity towards this light novel that so many fans have or rather, so many fans have towards how the adaptation turned out. Again, I think that raising these questions makes it a more compelling story. On to other news, since I finished this arc, Crunchyroll now got around to dubbing Season 4, Episode 1 into English, and... It's fine. I know that sounds like faint praise. It's not that I don't appreciate how good a job... Jamison Price does as Fukuzawa and how Landon McDonald is nailing it as Rompo, but the Bungo dub came out so late compared to the rest of the series way back in seasons 1 and 2 that it's still hard for me to ever watch this series and hear... Other voices I had already cast for the English dub in my mind. It's difficult for me to get out of my own head and appreciate this is the cast we got as opposed to this is the cast I thought we would have gotten. Plus, in the English dub, there are just some localization choices that continue to irk me. For example, Kunikita asking Atushi to man up in a particularly gross way of phrasing it that, well, it's gross and it's not really how I imagine Kunikita speaking, it comes across as crass and not fitting the character at all. And yeah, the English dub is still referring to the SNK president from the Fukuzawa Rampo story with he, him, his pronouns, which doesn't match what I expect from the visuals of the anime or from the English translation of the light novel as translated by Matt Rukshun. I really like Rukshin's translation and localization of the light novel and based on what they must have seen of the original Japanese light novel and what I see in the anime episode, I thought this president used she, her, hers pronouns so it feels like a waste of eliminating a woman character for no reason. Granted, a woman character who is fridged for the sake of advancing the plot of the two man-coded characters, but that's a whole other discussion. But, who knows, maybe Asagiri or Studio Bones indeed is saying, this person has he, him, his pronouns, and I'm the one who's misinterpreting their gender, which, yeah, that's a fair understanding, and that's on me, not the anime, not the translator Rukshin, not on the light novel... Just on me. Also, regarding the previous audio commentary, I uploaded it to YouTube, and in that video, I included some on-screen corrections. Corrections include remembering the fifth member of the Decay of the Angel, and correcting myself for not understanding that Jose, as applied to the theater manager Agawa's name, is just a title for a woman. It's not literally her first name or her last name, I regret these errors and I apologize. And last time I had asked how you all would rank this Light Novel adaptation compared to the other ones. If it was me, I think this is the second best of the arcs. The Oda arc, whether faithful or not to the original Light Novel, had the most compelling story for the anime. This Fukuzawa and Rompo story, whether as faithful as it could have been to the Light Novel did help develop these two characters and sets up conflicts for this season. Granted, I wish it had been adapted for Season 3, as I think we're going to be a little tired of so much of Fukuzawa and Rampo this season. Then I would say the third best is the Azure Messenger arc, so I think moving it to after Atushi joined the agency, romps the story of some of what matters in showing how much Kunikita has changed since he joined the detective agency. And the Chuya F-15 arc is just a pain. It swerves so much from the light novel, it lacks the compelling art of the new manga adaptation, and it interrupts the plot. At least the adaptation of the Fukuzawa and Rompo light novel is introducing us to Fukuchi, showing how close Rompo and Fukuzawa are, so that what happens to them this season hurts and it all builds this world more but enough about the previous arc we're moving on to a new one today we return back to adapting the manga in the present day with today's episode titled perfect murder and murderer part one let's cover just a bit about the plots for today's episode I haven't watched the episode yet. I'm going into this episode with knowledge coming only from reading the manga and seeing the Kadokawa teaser trailer that was posted on YouTube on Monday, January 23rd, 2023. What awaits us in today's episode? The title is Perfect Murder and Murderer Part 1. So that means this will be at least a two-parter. If I had to guess, we'll have two chapters per episode, although a fifth chapter could potentially be adapted as a cliffhanger to this two-parter. What is the plot? This episode is an immediate follow-up to Season 3's finale, for better or worse. What do I mean by that? Last season ended with the agency succeeding against Dostoevsky and the Rats, But then we cut to the agency celebrating their victory and I think that is the flaw because this episode now shows the downside to that victory. In the aftermath of the season finale one of the agency members is charged with a crime they didn't commit is arrested and it all stems from what Dostoevsky did in that last arc to one of the agency members. It's a lot tonally to go from the agency one to oh, wait, no, one of them is in trouble again and is going to prison. With this agency member now in trouble, it's up to Rompo to save them, and yeah, nothing against this arc, but it is also a lot to understand where Rompo is coming from. In season one, Rompo wouldn't lift a finger to locate Atsushi. ...until Fukuzawa offered to praise him for his work. I get it, Rompo has known Kunikita longer, Atushi had not been a co-worker for that long... ...but Rompo is a hard character to pin down. This episode is going to want us to believe that Rompo is already devoted to his teammates... ...and I don't feel that. And given that Rompo is going to say he is doing this not just for the agency but his own personal vendetta against Osayeski, that compromises his goals. Granted, that is kind of the point. The agency is not made of heroes, it is made of people who are morally gray. Keep that in mind when Fukuzawa's work as an assassin comes back to bite him in this season. If there is anything good, I do appreciate that change in Rompo. I don't necessarily call that character development or character progression, but at least this iteration of Rompo is obviously different from the one we met way back in Season 1, or as we saw in the light novel as a 14-year-old. And despite how serious all of this plot sounds, it is going to be oddly comedic. Don't get me wrong, if you saw the antagonist of this episode, that smug gremlin Ogury and his little ghostly blob assistants, which, credit to Studio Bones, that is not how I imagined Ogury's ability to look, but I do like the glowy Ghostbusters aesthetic that has been added to those ghostly blobs. But if you saw how smug Ogury gets... And then, how embarrassed and awkward and shocked he is at Rompo in the trailer as he's interrogating him. There is a lot of comedy coming out of this arc. Maybe too much comedy, given how goofy Rompo's going to behave, but we'll get to that. All of this brings me to the point that I have obsessed about the last month in these audio commentaries. I still cannot get over that criticism on TV tropes that the Bungo Stray Dogs anime is too comedic compared to the manga. When you look at how this upcoming arc turns out in this adaptation for the anime, I had to ask. Did anyone making that criticism read the original manga chapters being adapted into this arc in the anime? Granted, maybe series author Kaka Asagiri and manga illustrator Sango Harukawa were structuring this new Oguri vs. Rompo arc to more closely resemble the wackier aspects that Studio Bones includes in the anime. And it's not as if this manga arc didn't also have some emotional pain to balance out the comedy, but, and I won't spoil everything, but there is so much wacky stuff in this manga arc that I can't see how the anime won't also make it just as goofy. I mean, the initial trailers we've seen have shown Carl the Raccoon's freak out at seeing that body fall from the building, but maybe you'll say that's unintentionally funny rather than wacky. Or you have Ogrey nervous around Rompo and having his over the top reactions. Before Rompo starts having a thought bubble about riding Atsushi. Maybe you think that comedy works because this is fitting Rompo's personality and this is a comedy of errors because Oguri had zero intentions of being near Rompo and risk being proven to be a murderer. You can say all of that. And yet when I go back to these manga chapters and see the wacky shenanigans Rompo gets into in this arc and how off-putting and tonally clashing it all is, yeah, I don't get how people think the anime is somehow any wackier than how the manga gets. I won't spoil just how off-putting and wacky Rompo gets in this arc, in my opinion, but that would spoil everything in this episode, so I'll wait until certain scenes happen in the anime, and then I'll elaborate how I don't think those scenes were comedically. Furthermore, I don't get why the wacky factor is the most bizarre part when, honestly, Rompo's detective work in this arc stretches credulity even for me. At least the light novel we just adapted had Rompo make observations that could lead to those conclusions, even if those conclusions were not immediately obvious and only made sense after Rompo explains. But between this and that earlier arc where Rompo and Yosano are trapped in Edgar's book, Rompo's skill set comes across less as he is really smart and a good detective, and more like Rompo is magic. And unfortunately, if this episode sticks that close to the manga, I think this episode is going to get way too close to Rompo figuring things out as if this is magic there is one remark he makes in the original manga arc that is like the worst kind of a Sherlock Holmes induction, where you see evidence, and by that one piece of evidence, make too big a conclusion. It's one thing that Rompo is able to add more evidence to help justify his conclusion, but his phrasing makes it clear that no, it was that one piece of evidence that led to this one big conclusion when that leap from that evidence to that conclusion is for me a stretch. But again, I'll point that out when we get to it in the episode. And it's not as if the magic quality of Rompos' conclusions, however flimsy I think they are, don't owe something to the conventions that are inherent to the detective genre. After all, the real-life Rompo Edogawa was inspired by the real-life Baker Allan Poe, and it was Edgar Allan Poe's work that created the detective genre that led to the Sherlock Holmes story. So, I get the point that Rompo in this arc is going to act very much in a Sherlock manner. Plus, the way Rompo is going to handle Ogre in this arc is like something out of Columbo. So, again... That Rompo is just this good is not without precedence both within Bungo Stray Dogs and the overall detective genre. And it's oddly appropriate how heavily this episode lays on the worst cliches of the detective genre, because this is one of our first arcs to actually get into the conventions of the detective genre. While we did have the earlier arc with Edgar trapping Rompo and Yosano in his book, That story didn't really serve as commentary on detective fiction as a genre, at least in my opinion. But what we're going to get in this upcoming two-part episode, that, and given who Oguri has murdered, that is going to be a ton of discussion about the detective genre. How it works, how it fails, the lack of innovation in it, the difficulty in making something new from it, that I weirdly appreciate upon rereading these manga chapters. And I hope the anime retains this rare moment of actually commenting on literary conventions within a series that, despite being about literary authors, always felt like it actively avoids deconstructing popular literary motifs. And these detective story cliches also open up some questions about how well this anime will handle Ogury. Don't get me wrong, I love this character. But in retrospect, I don't know how good this arc turns out. When you're reading month to month, this is significant. Oguri's story hurts way back in chapters 54 to 56, so as you're reading a new chapter each month, you're getting pulled more and more into his story, and not necessarily siding with him, but understanding where he's coming from. But in Japan, Bungo Stray Dogs is now up to chapter 105, and that means a lot has changed from where we saw Oguri in chapters 54 to 56, and what we're seeing now in the ramifications from his actions. His story kind of doesn't hold up as well for me now as it did back then, not only due to how easily Rompo is going to unravel this mystery, but also because I don't think we get to know Oguri very well, before and after this arc for all of the emotional weight to his struggle to really hit the readers. The manga has more recently done great work to build on what Oguri did, exploring that through his actions he affected even someone like Edgar Allan Poe in the story. But I'll be curious whether I am more forgiving seeing Oguri's story in the anime or whether his story will be as muddled in this anime as I think it was when a few days ago I reread the arc in the manga. I hate to criticize the manga illustrator Harukawa. But the paneling and ogre story in the manga was kind of hard to follow. And I hope watching the anime it at least makes it easier for me to see and hear who was talking and what is happening from scene to scene. But... I've gone on long enough. Let's get started with this live reaction audio commentary to the newest Bungo Stray Dogs episode, that being episode 41 overall, season 4, episode 4, Perfect Murder, and Murderer Part 1. This episode stars Hiroshi Kamiya as Rampo Edegawa, Toshiyuki Morikawa as Edgar Allan Poe, and Takashi Kuseo as the newly introduced Mushitaro Oguri. I have today's episode pulled up and paused. You can watch this episode on the Crunchyroll website, then pause the episode before it starts. I will do a countdown, so after I finish saying 3, 2, 1, unpause, you can unpause the episode and listen along to my commentary. Everyone ready? Okay, starting the countdown, 3, 2, 1, unpause. I did not expect this voice for Ogrety, but I really appreciate it. We're already starting the hamminess. And we're starting our opening and, wow, original animation. We're not doing what the previous seasons had done with just remixes of reused animation from previous seasons. And Theodore's starting to go, Shigaraki merging now with a pile of hands... And Atushi doing a bridge running. With this opening, I mean, no offense to Atushi and Akutagawa as our so called main characters, but this is really a season more about Yasano, Kunikita, and Rampo, that Atushi and Akutagawa seem like afterthoughts. And there's Gogo and Sigma. And for some reason, Mori, which, yeah, Mori factors into this season. Ongo here factoring in a lot. Chuya here for obligatory reasons. There's the prison with Dazai and Fyodor. Some odd symbolism with Fyodor. And we're already showing what is going to be a very sad fight between Fukuchi, Akutagawa, and Atushi. Yosano's past being shown up not much Kyoka despite showing her there just now and now we're showing pretty much every character we're getting this season even members from the guilds. and we're doing it we're doing the bear suits which if you read the manga you know where this is going but again this is why I mean when people say oh I don't get why the anime is so wacky this is from the manga. Rompo here as a bear is from the manga. Why are you shocked about this? All the evidence was destroyed by the enemy. That's surprising, isn't it? I still am not a big fan of this arc that decides that in order to persist with a new plot that we have Kunikita framed and that we have to work backwards to set up well how is he framed and that begins with oh the grenades are the same as what the agency uses I won't call that flimsy evidence, but it's awkward. Now, Rompo here says he's going to get Kunikita out, and he blames himself for not seeing through Dosayasuki's trap, but knows what he says that if even Fukuzawa disagrees with what Rompo wants, Rompo's going to do it anyway. This shows both his development and his inability to develop, that he's still refusing what Fukuzawa, his father figure, wants. And we also now have, sorry, we have Edgar here. And he's brought Carl with him. And again, more of the wacky stuff. This still made no sense even in the manga that Rompo just crashes into Edgar. It's a little too silly for how this plot is unfolding and Edgar breaks the fourth wall to look at the audience. I do appreciate the storyboarding and the facial reactions. We had the very serious scene with Kunikida. We now have the scene of Poe with some comedic relief. I'll need to reread the manga because I thought that rompo had said he had to dress like this to work for some store as a mascot instead this episode acts like he's acting as the agency's new mascot which if i remember correctly there is a gag comic in the manga showing him or rather showing the agency pulling together a mascot and thinking well it should be a dog it should be a cat it should be a tiger I'm surprised they didn't have Carl sneak in a bite of Rompo's ice cream. That's just mean, Rompo. I appreciate the gag around Pushkin there, I kinda wish they had kept it showing he was in interrogation room when he confessed about his information about Ogri. Huh, I never noticed Rompo wait. I didn't notice Edgar dressed up in a very light suit underneath his overcoats. I appreciate giving him a little variety in his costumes, at least. We're maintaining how the author looks in the manga. So, the anime is drawing much upon, here's how the murdered author looked in the manga, which is largely in Shadows. We can see their hair, but not their face. King Dachi, if I remember correctly, is a fictional author, or rather, fictional detective character, so we're again doing that odd reversal where real-life authors are not authors and fictional characters become authors. Although, Edgar is that exception since he is an author both in series and out of series. I do appreciate the energy that they're putting into the animation and acting for Aker. He's not going to be the most significant character this season, but his presence to this story is valuable. And there we see Oguri with the murdered author. The fact that the book itself is named after the author saying the murder of Kintachi. See, this is the part I don't like. That Rompo figures this out this easily, I don't agree with. Because up to this point in the manga or the anime... As well, we've been shown Egar carries Carl with him everywhere. Now, I appreciate a bit more that Rompo says this is a really crowded place. You won't have brought Carl here without having a reason. But and you could say, Well, Egar brought Carl with him. I'll get to this facial reaction right now. So Rompo is shocked how much money po- that how much money Ager earns as a member of the guild, I do have to wonder, did, Ager's not still collecting a paycheck from the guild? It's collapsed, or at least not in its previous form. But anyway, what I was trying to say is that Ager brings Carl with him everywhere, so why should he be surprised? And there is Ogri's corpse. And there's that silly face Carl the Raccoon makes. So again, I don't get fans saying this is too comedic. Wow. You know, the manga cut away from the collapse of the corpse. Studio Bones is like, we're going to show it hitting floor number one and then hitting the ground floor. But my short version was, Pope Edgar Brain's... Carl with him everywhere. He wouldn't know there was a crowd from there to the agency acting like, oh, Carl is your scarf that you're using or your flower on your lapel to make it obvious to the auctioneer. And Detective Minora is back. Again, I don't get the comedy of this. Why... Yeah, I have to ask the same question why, okay, I mean, I get all of this. This is what Rompo's conclusion is and why he's so happy to see Minora, but at the same time, I didn't get the tickling. This seemed comedic for the sake of adding comedy to the manga, and now we have the usual theme music that Rompo has whenever he is solving a mystery. And that's going to be funny because I wouldn't be surprised if the music's going to cut off because we find out that Rompo's not going to solve this and then the music's going to cut out when he realizes, oh, I can't solve this. That's weird. I wouldn't say we're rushing this, but reading the manga, this was slower. I wasn't sure how Studio Bones was going to fit two chapters into one episode. This isn't bad pacing for this episode. It's just that reading the manga, it is slower. This, I don't remember being this visual in the manga, showing the underground facility the rats were using and how that showed Oguri's footstep. This also is a little bit much, but it's also from the original manga, that OGre used a movie mask on the victim so that, one, you would see it looks like Ogri, or rather how Ogri used to look, and two, by the time the corpse hits the ground twice, it's going to mash up the face so much that you can't identify it easily. And we still have the music going, and there's OGre, and the music has cut out... I kind of wish they had kept the music going so that when Oguri realizes, or rather when Rampo realizes I can't solve this, that the music just cuts off abruptly into silence. And now Oguri, here we go. Yep, there's our gremlin. Just hit. I'm so happy we're getting this smug jerk this season. You think he thinks that the That his plan is ruined. And then he surprises you with that smile. And the acting is so appropriately over the top. Whoever they get for the English dub. Please don't screw this up. Man. I didn't realize how fast Ogre's ability could move. It really is simultaneous. This is magic. I mean let's face it. There's no way that you can have an ability that deletes evidence. It would have to be something that screws with people's minds. And Edgar Duke going they there saying I'm his rival. It's not like I like him or anything. While I do wish they had had the music cut out here, I do like the more somber music. And we see the crowd has their phones out, either filming this or checking for news and updates. And Rompo is beside himself realizing I can't solve this. Wretched Hyenas. Great line by ogre and ogre doing that walk. Why? Why is Ogary's ability listed in English? Did Crunchyroll already edit the Japanese on screen, or is that in the original? I'll need to go back to this episode. I misread the subtitles. It was supposed to say, why did Fyodor Dostoevsky let himself be captured? Now, there's also going to be some retconning here, because this is a facility housing Oguri. As it was presented originally in the manga, we were told this was a criminal organization that had Oguri captured, and even did plastic surgery to change his facial appearance, and that we learned later from Ongo that it's not a criminal organization yet, they're calling it a crime organization here to make money off of his ability, to erase evidence of a crime, this gets retconned later. Ongo reveals this isn't a criminal organization. This is a criminal organization the government uses to erase evidence, and they had used Ogary's ability to get rid of the comb and the posing. Studio Bone storyboarded this so well. I'm so glad that we're getting this kind of a obsessed perfect criminal like Oguri and a fashionable one at that there is going to be and they have the music going to match each of his combing and each of his demands they did change this from the manga a bit where even Dostoevsky is listening to Oguri's demands and it's like oh so you're really full of yourself and just even Dostoevsky is comedically overreacting to how goofy this all sounds. Well, as I was saying, we're going to learn later, this is a criminal group, but it works for the government to hide evidence, and that includes hiding evidence of certain criminals they exonerated, like Dazai, And that's why you see Dazai in the trailer getting arrested, because when Oguri is defeated... That means Dazai's crimes are now out in the open again. <laughs> I like how they animated Rompo. His lip sorry, I like how they animate Edgar where his lip quivers before he's going to speak, and then Carl even looks freaked out again when Rompo gets excited again. the foe of me the agency has is from before I changed my face in the organization. I think it's more that the organization did plastic surgery on Ore, but I guess points it does make me wonder how Ogaree's friends, the author. That is not the voice I expected for our author. Now you may be... That Ogary is smiling here. God, that neck snap sound. This is all gonna hurt later, but it does make me wonder, why is Ogary so happy with himself? And the only answer I have is that he's overcompensating and lying to himself. I don't think it quite works. I needed something here to show Ogary smiling wickedly while crying his eyes out over killing his best friends. I also am a little confused about this, whether Rompo being in the same place as Oguri is because... Oguri can't delete all evidence or Rompo is a good detective despite evidence or if this is just dumb luck. This is why I mean by the Columbo structure to this, it's a little too convenient that all the evidence is deleted and Rompo still locates where Oguri is. And Studio Bones and the storyboard artists must have had a ton of fun figuring out how can we draw Oguri in different ways. This is one of the few times I think the anime has improved upon the manga. Again, nothing against the original manga illustrations and paneling, but it was hard to follow. This is Studio Bones saying, We made Soul Eater. We know how to do these facial expressions. We're going full Spirit Albarm. We're going full Blackstar not able to live soul in weapon form for this. This is also another change we're going to see coming up. I didn't even know it was Oguri staring at the actual image that Rompo was imagining. But in the original manga, they drew Atushi being written by Rompo in a more realistic fashion, whereas Studio Bones is like, no, use our usual chibi type style for this. And then there's this guy. I kind of wish this character had a name. He works for Dostoevsky, but the manga never explains... I'm just pausing with the acting. Oguri's look and change in voice when he has to ask, and what's your name? So well acted both in voice and animation. This is such an, and then Rompo just crashing into Oguri. This is such an improvement over season three. The plot is working better. The animation and poses and storyboarding is working better. I'm just thrilled this is what we got for this episode. And Dostoevsky's employee is not happy with Ogary. Again, we never learn who this person is, except that he has diplomatic immunity within the Russian government, which opens up more world-building, whereas that... Was that a falsified document showing diplomatic immunity, or is this guy literally working for the Russian government, and is the Russian government working, for do, working with Dostoevsky? This is all compromised, and we'll get to it later this season. This is a series that is pretty much our own world, except one, ability users, and two, the war is different. The Great War, as it's called in this series has different allies different countries fighting it's not quite world war Two. japan is actually allied with different countries france is actually allied with a non-nazi germany and is fighting against england so the war that happened was completely different I won't get too far into this, but this episode also has a fixation on Rompo eating items. I don't know what to make of that. I noticed it in the previews and in the manga. I'm just going to skip right past that. This is also a use of a flashback, and we're already starting the ending credit music. I thought we would have adapted more by now. I'm not a big fan of how we wrapped this up, but it's fine. Ending title music, far more comedic, this is going to clash when we get to how grim and dark this season gets, so kind of surprised they decided to go with Here's I Sleep at His Desk. Also, a lot more original animation this season. We didn't get this at all last season. And we also get Kamiya Grampo eating, now he cuts the sunset, Dazai's paper airplane knocks over Kunikida's pile. Kunikida screams at Dazai, Dazai and Atushi. Oh my god, did they keep the cow from Bungo Wan? Is that now canon that indeed the agency does keep its own cow? Atushi is now sneaking into the office that night. I guess Kyoka forgot her phone, I'm a little disappointed we don't get more Kyoka in this season, so far. This is a little bit of Studio Bones resting on its laurels and saying, you know these characters, you like them now, so here's just a still image showing them. And for no reason, Akutagawa wait what was that thing dazai pulled out was that part of his outfit i don't know but no seriously what was that button that dazai pulled out it looks like the one that's on his outfit or i don't know why i'm thinking it's on akutagawa's outfit because it's not It's not something from Ongo that he can use to contact him while he's in prison, is it? I don't know. And it's probably staring me right in the face and I'm not thinking, oh yeah, that's from the anime, that's from an earlier episode, that's from something that happens later in the manga. I'll end up scouring the internet later and likely adding a correction on the YouTube version of this saying here's what I got wrong yet again. But, final thoughts, really good episode. It's unfortunately not complete, and I do wish they had telegraphed a bit more that we're going to see Oguri having legitimate regrets already about the murder he committed. Because, I don't know, it. the manga wanted that to be a surprise. To say, you thought that he was a hardened criminal, but really, he really loved his friend and was killing him out of mercy... And, yeah, I think that when you do that twist without telegraphing anymore, we need a moment of Oguri looking devastated. We need that pause before the laugh where he's trying to collect himself and then decides, no, I'll let out a really grim evil laugh and play the villain. We need that moment similar to Atushi letting out a laugh Because he wants to act like he's happy the orphanage headmaster is dead. But it's a fake laugh because he's not happy. He's conflicted. He can't celebrate the death of even his tormentor. I wish they had made that kind of a change for the adaptation. Otherwise, excellent acting, excellent animation, excellent storyboarding. We have an original opening and closing. This is really good. I don't know how they're going to cover everything in this one season. So much is going to be rushed. We're going to end up rushing Yosano's story, Mori's story. We're going to rush the revelation of who else is in the hunting dogs. I don't know how we're going to get to the Sky Casino, how we're going to get to Lucy. I don't know I don't know how we're going to get to the Fukuchi fight. It wouldn't surprise me if the Fukuchi fight ends up being... A cliffhanger before we get new episodes and new opening and closing. Because what happens to Akutagawa in that fight. I don't know how you don't make that fight against Fukuchi the cliffhanger. But it can't be the cliffhanger because Sky Casino comes after. So I don't know how they're going to pull it off this season. The amount of money they put in for a new opening and closing makes me think. Either Studio Bones has far more confidence with this season, or knew they couldn't animate all of this season, so they put more money into a good opening and closer to keep the audience's attention. Which, it's working on me, but I'm an easy mark. And I'm going to interrupt past me talking with this new audio, looking at spoilers, or rather, more content after finishing the episode. People pointed out that the new opening features every single character we're getting this season and it was going by so fast and I was talking too much that I didn't know his two characters Bram Stoker and Aya which means yeah Studio Bones is gearing up to adapt everything even up to where the manga is right now that's 50 something chapters of content so not only what Fukuchi does with Bram Stoker what happens to Akutagawa But even bringing back Aya, I don't know how Studio Bones is going to pull this off. But that's enough from future me, now back to past me. Anyway, I'll wrap up there. Thank you so much for listening to this audio commentary. Did you enjoy Season 4, Episode 4 of Boongo Stray Dogs as much as I did? Did you, who have read the manga... Was Oguri's story clearer to you here in this anime than it was for me when I was struggling to follow that story in the manga? Did you like the choice of Studio Bones made and how they drew Oguri's power set and how they made him so over the top in his reactions to Dosayaski and his reactions to Rompo? And did you think the tone was too corny, cartoonish, and goofy? Or is the comedy working for you? I'd love to know your thoughts. Please leave a comment or share your thoughts with me in an email. I can be reached at derrick.s.mcgrath@gmail.com. at gmail.com and if you enjoyed this commentary, please consider contributing at coffee.com slash Derek or patreon.com slash Derek Thanks to contributors Alec Roach and Emily Lauer. Next time, we see how the rest of Rompo and Ogary's Battle of Wits plays out And we'll probably see another member of the Decay of the Angel as well as we watch episode 42, season 4, episode 5 of Boongo Stray Dogs. You can listen to that new audio commentary next Wednesday at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath or watch it on YouTube the Tuesday after for free at youtube.com slash Derek S. McGrath. Until then, I have been Derek S. McGrath. You have a good day. Bye.